0: I'm Phil Mutz, VP of News and Entertainment at PureWow.
1: And I'm Dara Katz, Executive Editor at PureWow.
0: We are the hosts of And Just Like That, a Sex and the City reboot podcast.
1: Where we react, converse, spill the tea, and get carried, sorry, away on the new Sex and the City season.
0: Now is a good time to tell you that there will obviously be spoilers.
1: So join us as we revisit and relive Sex and the City.
0: Dara, it is the last episode of And Just Like That. We have finally arrived. Oh my goodness. And just
1: like that, the first season, hopefully there'll be more of And Just Like That, ended with a bang, Phil. It ended oh, with a bang.
0: It did. Oh, I have so many <laughs> feelings just like last week, but these. Oh, I, I, it ended with a bang. You are absolutely right. Let's do a real quick 30-second recap so we can just get right into it because we have so many things to talk about. Okay, so this episode, Big comes to Carrie via a lamp and via a dream, leading her back to Paris. Miranda takes a giant Los Angeles leap for love. Charlotte finally becomes a woman, thanks to Rabbi Jen. Samantha and Carrie agree to reunite. Carrie gives us a shocking and romantic final moment in an elevator. And just like that, our new favorite reboot has come to a close. Oh. And it
1: truly is my new favorite reboot. Phil, ah, I know oh. I've been so hard on this show. This episode 10, the finale of season one of In Just Like That was bravissima. I adored it. I felt like all of our hard work paid off. <laughs> You're so <laughs> right talking there. Was- hard work since, like, the first Sex in the City season. You know, I, I just feel... I feel accomplished and proud of everyone involved.
0: And of the characters. I feel like they each just came to a place at the end of this, not where Ed, there was a, a perfect bow on anything, but where I just felt like exactly all the hard work, and especially of this season, that the writers and the the actors did uh, and the, the, the show creators did, for all the things we didn't like and all of the things that were annoying and that we we talked about mm-hmm. and that we thought could have been different or better, came to this magical moment where I really just enjoyed where everybody ended up. A lot of the things were things we we predicted or talked about, and a lot of things were yep. completely way different than what I thought and we thought we were gonna ha- were gonna happen. But I was just really pleased where where we ended up, which makes me very happy.
1: Should we go through some of our predictions that happened or didn't happen?
0: Yeah, sure. I I mean I know. Uh, I can't remember all of them, but I know... No, we... I don't remember
1: anything, Phil. But I know the kiss happened that we said.
0: Yep, we predicted that kiss.
1: But it happened with a twist. Mm-hmm. If that kiss was just like the first kiss with the guy who looks like Berger, who's a teacher, who's boring, who has no chemistry with Carrie. It was just like a cardboard to cardboard kiss, which allowed for the twist of the season. Yes. Carrie so... and Franklin's sexual tension in that elevator. Oh, my God.
0: Thank God that happened and also thank God there wasn't this character of Franklin that we were just confused about because from episode one, we're like, why is there this hot podcast guy that they keep cutting away to but giving one line maybe every couple episodes? Why is he here and why do they keep showing him? And I know he's not like a famous person, but he's been in other things. So why is this dude here unless something's going to happen? So there was yes. that but then you're right and
1: Angelica Pesquini wrote about that for Pure Wow about things she wanted to see by the finale she was like who is this hot podcast producer if this is just a red herring like we need to know and it was beautifully done cuz we we're all wondering who is this silver-haired fox oh, oh so he, handsome he he's been there the whole time right under our noses
0: mhm so that prediction we got we got right, obviously, we knew because we saw the pictures online that there was going to be a kiss, but you're right. That twist, it was that was the throwaway kiss, and we got the real kiss we wanted. Other prediction we made, wrong. We said that Miranda and Shay were clearly going to blow up, and this was going to be a disaster, which may still happen, but didn't happen in the finale.
1: Phil, yes. I mean— <laughs> it did though, like well, it did. Geez. I mean, how many? Like, obviously, yeah. This is a. Ho- we'll get to it, but like, in my opinion, this the, came, became.
0: Oh, clear. I, I see. So in, in, it,
1: it is blown up.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. But regardless, Miranda's off to LA with Che for perhaps a delayed explosion and a delayed confirmation that our prediction the was correct. Mm-hmm. The clock is ticking.
1: The clock is ticking. I'm I'll say you. that.
0: I'm with you. I don't remember what other predictions we mean. Oh, Samantha. Of course, we had guesses. We didn't have a prediction, but we predicted that perhaps she would show up. And we get that in a way. Phil. Yes.
1: I'm going to count this as a W. Yeah. I predicted Samantha would show up. And I think she did in a way that, like, was so perfectly done. Like, the texting was great. And... The implication that Carrie met with her, I felt so fulfilled. Like, they did go for that drink.
0: I agree, and I feel like I could picture her texting. Like, the the, the writers and the show creators did such a good job of making that moment feel like Carrie was texting with Samantha, a.k.a. Kim Cattrall. I could picture mm-hmm. her. I could see it. No, she didn't show up, but in a way, she did. So let's just pat ourselves on the back for getting everything right about all the things that were going to happen.
1: And I just want to say again, I know we've been hard on this show, but like, maybe I was wrong about everything. I absolutely loved this finale. It made me giddy. I'm like, I'm walking around on clouds.
0: That makes me happy. This makes me happy that we ended here. And I think we were allowed to be hard on this show. People put in a lot of time and effort you know, with a, a show, Sex and the City, for years and then wait mm-hmm. for years, watch these movies, uh, talk about the characters, have so many feelings and attachments, play games where they're like, which one am I? Am I a Carrie? You know, all yeah. these things. And I think it's, it's it's okay to have high expectations, even though it's not the same show. It's a reboot. But we were hard on it because we love it. And I'm glad that it was all worth it and all came to to this.
1: Just the cadence of this episode felt like we were back in, like, in action. It was moving quickly and things were happening. There wasn't just, like, a bunch of stale air between characters talking about the same thing over and over. I like that we, like, hopped around, action was being taken. For example, when Miranda gets told... We'll get to this obviously more in depth, but like Miranda's told Chase moving to New York. And then the next scene, Miranda's like, I've made the decision that I'm go- or moving to L.A. You right. know, I liked how much forward momentum there was.
0: And there was a lot of it for a lot of different characters. We really learned a lot of information. A lot happened. Whereas in previous mm-hmm. episodes, we were talking about how Carrie was just spinning her wheels on a Peloton. And now she's making moves. I mean, the journey yes. she goes on from a date to... All of the things that happen, like dinner, we're not even thinking about like lunch with, with John's brother. That's like a minor plot point, but was a huge part of getting her to Paris. And then right. all the way to that elevator scene. So many things happen just for Carrie alone. Like there's a Jackie party. So many things.
1: I like that this was a Carrie forward episode. I think that really helps. She's the heart of the show. And when she is on the upward trajectory, it's just like it's SJP. Like It's the best. We just, I've needed more Carrie doing things. And this episode totally delivered on that. And I needed more Carrie doing things that weren't just like in her brain. Because the last episode, she's, you know, she's really thinking about that ring and it's really just happening in her head. In this one, we see the manifestation of what she's going through in that light bulb. And it's fun because I don't know if you have friends who, you know, believe people who've crossed to the other side are communicating with them but i've definitely that definitely hit a nerve with me in a good way like i think it's i think it's relatable and i bought that big was communicating with carrie through that light but i also bought that it could just be in her head and that works equally as well
0: and i think what i loved about that was that it was that we got both right like we got the science of it where she goes and she's like you know, Big is communicating with me. He doesn't want me to go on this date. So she takes the lamp to get fixed. And all she wants is for the guy to be like, there's nothing wrong with this lamp, lady. And he's like, oh, yeah, the wire was faulty. I fixed it. And she has this beautiful moment, and Sarah Jessica Parker, where she's know. heartbroken that it was a, a fix, that was it was it something was wrong with the lamp, that it was able to be fixed, and that actually the fix happened, meaning she won't get this flicker anymore, and she won't get this communication from Big anymore. And it's such a beautiful moment. And then, oh, it's so good when it still flickers after and it ha- and it's that moment where, you know, she's like, you know, if, if you could just say something right now, that'd be great. Uh, if you could flicker right now, give me a wink. And then he does. And whether or not it's him, still the lamp was fixed and then it still had that thing. So whether or not, whatever it means – it was clear what it meant to her, and that was just right. such a lovely thing. It really was so nice to watch.
1: It was the closure that everyone kind of needed, like us included, mm-hmm. for Carrie to finally move to, move on. And that's basically what this whole season was, and that's probably why we were like a little bored for a lot of it. Because it took ten episodes, or nine I guess, for Carrie to really get to that closure. It took a f- full year as Big's brother who's weird. Who says that to people? where is where is john (laughs) it was such a weird phrasing and i know it was on purpose
0: so that she could have that there was that whole alzheimer's exchange but yeah yeah
1: it was like i i because i could remember when miranda took in steve's mother at the end Mm -hmm. of sex in the city i was like oh is this about how like family happens and you can't control it and now she's going to be taking care of big's brother that we've never seen before. Oh,
0: that would have been a disaster of a direction for. It,
1: I, that would have been like and, dark. And I don't want yeah, that. I'm no. so glad. I-, I thought the way they were family planning, but for the afterlife was very funny and very mm-hmm. like heard people talk about their plots and you know the competition to get in. And I also love that he kind of made Carrie seem super young. Like she was the child that he was talking to, like you haven't taken care of like where your husband's going to be buried, but I also love that Carrie stood her ground
0: oh she gave an honest answer and it was stuff we've talked about she said oh he is on a shelf in my closet but then she was right. like that's the most meaningful place he could possibly be right now next to my expensive shoes that I love and that more was than humorous
1: anything. and touching mm-hmm. and funny yeah. all at the same time so I, I really agree. like that minus the weird like early onset dementia
0: I will say, and but, you just mentioned it, I, and it's only because I point out these things every time, but mm-hmm. when he said, you know, we're coming up on a year here, I went, who is in charge of time on this show? It's been a year. I, If somebody had asked me how long has this season, you know, covered, I don't know if I could have even gotten in the ballpark. I don't know. Was it three weeks? Was it three months? Every two seconds, they'd be like, well, that was three weeks ago. That was three months ago. And I was like, has it been 10 years? There was that whole montage of like seasons changing. I know this bothers nobody except for me. But when when he said it's coming up on a year, I was like, Okay, I guess that is what I needed. I just needed someone to tell me how long it's been because I have no idea.
1: When you mention the montage of the seasons changing, yeah, that's a (laughs) hole in the logic here. But look, I mean, who? Time is. What is time, Phil? That's a whole other discussion. Okay, save it for another time. Save that for the philosophers. Okay.
0: We'll save that for the bonus episode. Also, we should say this. Now, this was the last episode of And Just Like That, but we are back with one last podcast, and we'll tell you more about that later. But please don't fret. You'll hear more of us next uh, week to recap uh, the entire season, not just this episode, and with some more fun stuff. So we have the lamp. We have the dream. I'm
1: not not done with the lamp. I'm not done with the lamp. There's more? What about Carrie's, the girlfriend's discussion over the lamp and Carrie's the idea of heaven and the afterlife, and Miranda just being like randomly extremely judgy. She <laughs> like, yelled.
0: She yelled. There was a moment where, like, she was like not happy that this was like. like do I we believe in the Easter Bunny? We
1: didn't <laughs> right? I thought <laughs> yeah. we agreed we didn't believe in like this spirituality of the afterlife, and it's like what? Like, aren't like why?
0: And I, I guess it makes I, I, a logical like, sense that maybe Miranda wouldn't believe in heaven, but it didn't make sense that she was so angry about it, especially right. Carrie is grieving her husband or has been for this last year. And you've been this sympathetic shoulder to cry on friend. And then all of a sudden, the thing that makes you mad is that Carrie could possibly believe that John is in a better place in some right. way. You know, like it just, it's,
1: it's like your son is having sex with his <laughs> girlfriend all around your Brooklyn Brownstone. They are in high school and you're fine with that. But it's only when your friend mentions maybe she is feeling the presence of her long time now past lover. You are <laughs> upset. Like, what is wrong with you, Miranda?
0: So good. And I liked that uh, Carrie framed it as like, oh, I don't want to be woo. I'm not very woo-woo. And Charlotte was like, no, I'm a woo-woo person. And obviously this is what's happening. I loved it. I, it just, it just felt very on brand for her. And it, yes. again, felt on brand for Miranda. I just don't know why she reacted so strongly about it. She right. clearly very, very much cared that Carrie not believe in heaven, which was interesting. Yeah,
1: it's like, we're going to be, like, rotten in in the ground together. We promised each other that. Right. It's like, what are you—what? Okay, this is just, like, not. it doesn't matter, no. literally.
0: So. And then it leads to the dream uh, and the lamp being the sign that she knows what to do with the ashes, which is, of course, to go to Paris. I, okay, so we talked about this that we thought that perhaps Chris notes scenes, there were some more shot we had heard, that perhaps there were scenes where in the dream we were going to physically see him rather than mm-hmm. not. So that probably, that could have been the only other appearance he was going to make, which obviously didn't end up happening. But I liked the dream, and I actually thought, oh, I don't think I would have suggested this prior to this episode. But I, we had a lot of those moments where she was, you know, with the rings and things like that. I probably could have used some cutaways to, like, just, like, flashes of Paris, like, throughout, like, when she was having those. So that we had this – because it, it was so wonderful and I was so glad it mm-hmm. happened. But it felt a little out of the world we had created where there weren't flashbacks and there weren't, you know, cutaways to dreams in other times. So I kind of just wanted a little bit of – teasing of that earlier in the season but that said i liked the dream Yeah,
1: i loved the dream i thought it gave us closure i love how it like invoked big without actually seeing him which honestly even if all the stuff with the actor chris noth hadn't happened i think would have been a stronger choice because it's less on the nose mm-hmm. it's it's more like atmospheric the way it happened and it's I thought a lot of what made this episode great is that they showed didn't tell. Like, Carrie was coming to conclusions, but not necessarily stating the obvious out loud. Mm -hmm. I I just, I thought it added an element of surprise to it, too, because we didn't know exactly what was going on in Carrie's head.
0: Yeah, I really liked that. And to your point, I didn't know that what I was seeing meant you have to scatter these ashes until she was like, I'm going to Paris. And I was like, oh, of course that. Of course you are. This makes Mm -hmm. so much sense. It was really beautiful. And I, I think that also felt to me like a very fitting place for the ashes to be scattered. Like this all made so yes. much sense. And I, it made so much sense that she it would take her a little while to come to that conclusion, perhaps a year of having his ashes in her closet by her shoes before she'd finally come to the realization that this is our place. This is where he'd want to be. and And I really liked that. And it happened to happen at a time where she seems to be in a better place and letting go a little bit. So she's finally ready to scatter these ashes in this beautiful, beautiful scene on the bridge. And oh that dress. Oh my God, that, that purse. orange
1: Bridgerton Regency era oh gown. Oh my God. The long
0: pink and gloves. Yes, yes, I'm yes. I'm yes,
1: glad yes. another incredible writing decision where she had to do this on her own. It was so much more powerful for her to be there solo, making the choice to find, like she struggles with letting the ashes go and then she does and then it's, you know, she can breathe again, and she had to come full circle without Miranda and without Charlotte being there. I think that was the right choice for her as a character, and, you know, there's some things that maybe your girlfriends shouldn't be there for, and this was one of them.
0: And it also felt like a very carry way to do it, to be dressed to the nines and then to have the most over-the-top gaudy purse that I'm sure costs a fortune – uh, shaped like the Eiffel Tower with gold.
1: I, I'm guessing it's a Judith
0: Lieber because it was, you know, a shape
1: covered in rhinestones of sorts. And then the second
0: she opens it, there's no, there's no bag inside. His ashes are just sitting in this purse, and it just, it, and it's comical to think about. It is, but I actually thought it was just perfect. This was such a carry accessory in such a meaningful place to be part of this act. It just felt so on brand for what she would do and what we want her to do in an over-the-top, fabulous way in while simultaneously having a private, meaningful moment. Really lovely. Just
1: a little awkward for when she has to like, you know, get the rest of the dust out there later. Um she wants (laughs) to reuse that bag again. Reusing
0: that bag again, yeah.
1: Well that will be a great Easter egg if there's a season two and a little Eiffel Tower handbag in the next one.
0: Very true. And then of course, so right after the bridge moment the first thing she does is she texts Samantha. And now this is obviously not the first text of the episode. She, earlier in the episode, has this text exchange. And I know we talked about this briefly, but I really found this to be maybe more satisfying than the big stuff, personally, because my attachment is to the character of Samantha from the original series mm-hmm. more than it is to big. And I I mean, obviously, like, I care about Carrie and her journey. But this full circle Samantha moment where she – Finally says you – know, earlier in the episode, she says, I'm almost ready. You know, not quite yet. Soon, she says. And then finally she gets to this moment where she says, okay, let's meet up tomorrow. And you know that it happened. You know it did. And we don't have to see it. But I could just – I could see her texting Carrie. And I, I think it's so much more fun that we get to now envision what that meetup was like. Carrie doesn't report back on it in her, her epilogue scene at the end. You know, we don't – so we don't know how it went. But we're left to believe that it went. And that's so You know so nice. that I
1: thought we were going to see Sam Jones Yeah, IRL. You know that. I, I looked know. at the timestamp. I'm like, oh, my God, we have so much time left. There was left. so much time. We're going to see Sam Jones. And then we didn't. And I still thought it was just delivered perfectly.
0: Yeah. I feel like we got a button on what going into this season I thought was the biggest open-ended question. Like, how mm-hmm. the hell are they going to deal with Samantha this is so contentious in real life, so how the hell are they going to navigate this? And I thought it was so clever how they did it in the first episode, bringing it up and addressing it multiple times and really giving it its due, and then I th- I think not dwelling on it, but sprinkling mm-hmm. it in here and there through the season, and then giving it its due in the finale. I thought this was worthy of multiple scenes of yeah. her just texting.
1: I wonder how much is an homage to Kim Cattrall in real life, and- It's kind of a love letter to her and maybe an apology in sort of a way, like for what happened, you know, because it is SJP reaching out her character, reaching out to Samantha and not vice versa. I don't know. Maybe this could be a bridge to, you know, I'm really hopeful here. Maybe this could be a bridge to Kim Cattrall coming back because we missed your girl. We really did. We really did. Well. And you know what else I missed, Phil? And what gave me chills. What's that? Sex in the city. Oh,
0: when she says it. Oh
1: my God. When oh. she says that, I yes. I mm-hmm. started crying. Yeah. It was it was miraculous. I it was just like, mm. oh my God. All the stupid podcasting paid off to get to Carrie here. And in the beginning Absolutely. of the episode, we didn't like they talked about Carrie doing or there were no callers, which was weird. And I was like, why don't we get any callers? I, I wanted to hear. Carrie do her thing. So to have that kind of come full circle, and for that to be the show, Sex and the City, I was like, oh yeah, chefs kiss galore.
0: And it gives us—it's again all that hard, heavy lifting that we did throughout the season. Things that we didn't like, we were like, why is she on this awkward podcast where Che is running the show? This is so weird. Who the fuck is Jackie in episode one? You know what is going on? And then we finally get. Actually, yes, what should be happening is Carrie should have her own podcast. Of course she should. Mm -hmm. And of course people should call in. And of course she should give them love and sex advice. This is exactly right. This is full circle. This is exactly what she should be doing. It's what I believe is the most like realistic thing. And again, it made all of the things we were annoyed about feel worth it because it came to this satisfying place. Almost as if the writers had a plan all along. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I was like, oh, I'm the idiot here. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, it, it helped with Jackie paying off as a character. Like, when they were walking out after Che, and we'll get to that, gave their notice, I was like, oh, I like this friendship. And I like that Carrie says to Jackie, let's not just be, like, acquaintances at work. I want to be, like, let's be friends outside of here because we enjoy each other. And that wedding was fun. Yeah. And... It also worked as a plot device to get us with Carrie and Franklin. And when he showed up.
0: Oh, you knew right then, right? You knew.
1: I was like, oh, yeah. my yeah. God.
0: It's going to happen. Yes.
1: It's going to happen. It's really happening. And
0: then I yes. thought maybe it wasn't going to happen because looking at the timestamp, I was like, oh, we are getting to the end of the episode. And we have not. Maybe, I was like, oh, maybe that was the tease. Just like, oh, here's another handsome man. That's all we're going to get. Like. They they click, but no, and you see it, the elevator doors. Oh, my gosh. So the elevator doors, you see them start to close, and they just they just lean in and go for it. It's so yes. great. And he got closer and oh, closer and closer. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm the morning so this
1: is back, and with Seema mm. and the fake Matthew McConaughey, I mean, we got <laughs> sex back. We got sex. We got sex in the city, and yep. we got some red hair back.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So let's go to Miranda. Chantui.
0: Okay, and let's... You you know what? Let's start with the end. Where she debuts that hair when she comes out of her apartment. It's so great to see that back and... Unfortunately, it's in a scene with Brady. Um,
1: uh, thank you for thank you my condolences to myself. I hate that little smarmy <laughs> little jerk. but <laughs>
0: Just the worst. Do you
1: think you invented red hair? I know you're please. a child.
0: Why are you even talking to your mother like this? Why is she like, letting you talk? Go to Europe.
1: Go have your mother pay oh. for your trip to Europe. Yeah, go backpacking your...
0: with Louisa. Fine. Anyway, yeah. uh, she has the red hair, which again
1: they're gonna get HPV <laughs> if they're not careful. <laughs> In are they're gonna be doing some crazy <laughs> sex thing, and they're gonna be infecting each other.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, season two. It's all about Brady and lessons of HPV. Yeah. Oh God, should we write for the show? This is great. This is gold. They can have that you one. We have for free. a lot of,
1: ideas, a lot of that ideas that mostly involve ways that Brady like gets, gets kicked his, off the show. His but come up
0: comeuppance. <laughs> gets yeah.
1: humbled beyond belief. What
0: I love about the red hair is that. She embraced and rocked the silver, the gray for the entire season. I thought she looked fabulous. I thought – I loved that they talked about it. And I just liked that this felt like a fresh beginning for her. She's going to Mm – she's going to try something she's never done before. She's really jumping off a cliff here. Again, I don't think it's going to work out. But I do think –
1: Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) I do
0: think it was the interesting choice because earlier in the episode, we get that scene with Naya and – Naya introduces what probably should have been introduced a couple episodes ago, but like the most important internship of your life is happening, and I was like, "Wait, we've never mentioned this before." But it felt okay, a little fine. girls mm-hmm.
1: like the Lena Dunham show that kind of like was the took Sex and the City's place between Sex and the City and then just like that, like that era. Yeah. I was like, "Internship? Isn't she like a part? What? She was a partner at a law <laughs> and firm. Now she's like be I intern- don't." And, like, Miranda has shown no interest in this program that she's doing beyond just chilling with Naya.
0: Yeah. but but Whatever. That aside. But that aside, that scene, Naya makes it, like, I can't believe you would pick L.A. over this internship that you worked so hard for that's so impossible to get into. And I thought that the next thing that was going to happen was – Miranda was going to have an inner struggle and choose the internship over love. Mm -hmm. I just thought that the practical Miranda, I was, I just, that's where I thought if we had stopped the episode there, I was like, that's what's going to happen next. That's the next, that's logical Miranda winning over this new Rambo Miranda. And that's just naturally what's going to happen because you could see it on her face. She just like all of a sudden was like considering something that she hadn't really thought about. She was just initially throwing caution to the wind and then is like, oh, practical Miranda is back and I have doubts and worries. And I really just thought she was not gonna go to LA. So it kind of, even though I don't think Miranda should be with Jay, I do I am glad it ended up going the way it did because she's just trying something. She's diving headfirst in mm-hmm. headfirst. She's giving Rambo a shot to run the show for a little while.
1: And I kinda liked that. Phil, I agree. Like, even with the red hair, it's like I loved that I didn't know exactly what it meant. Like I'm I'm like, is this good or bad? What does this mean? Is Miranda What does it mean exactly? Because I I can't put my finger. It's not like she's necessarily, like, going back to being old Miranda. But what we know about Miranda historically is that, like, she has always gone for the best internship. She has always kind of chased success for the sake of chasing success. And what has that gotten her? She's completely unhappy. So I'm so... I'm thrilled to see her change, even if it's, like, making the wrong decision. And when she said to Carrie, am I not allowed to change, I was like, woof. Yeah. That
0: scene. Okay, can we talk about that scene briefly? I really liked that we let them have a fight that I thought was not going to get resolved. I thought we were going to, like, leave this season with, like, just open-ended conflict between Carrie and Miranda. And then we have this, like... Deus ex machina <laughs> come out of a bathroom stall, <laughs> but
1: one that and, was built in and worked like mm-hmm. it. So didn't so com- so yeah.
0: great, absolutely. Who just obviously inherently brings wisdom with them. So she, Rabbi Jen, is able to immediately go. Your carry. You're Miranda. I can tell. I know who you are. And I, I can tell so much about you just by listening to this. And, and then just the kind of ro- hairdryer
1: thing or the hand dryer, like, not working. Such such
0: Brilliant. a good bit. Such a good bit. So good. And then almost <laughs> undermining, like, I'm a person who is here to share wisdom with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to solve your – wait, what's going on with this hairdryer? You, <laughs> like, you have to do it in front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, in the front. Yeah. So good. But it really just was a, a way to, in a not clunky way – remind the characters of what's important and I think also helps Carrie with her journey where she's on that on that call at the end of the episode where she's like all you need is one or two friends that are in your corner and then you're going to be just fine yeah. and it's like that's her epilogue that's a moment of hope but we only get there because we have this scene where she's able to remind herself courtesy of Rabbi Jen that she and, and Miranda are, are so close and so important to each other that this doesn't matter this squabble that they're having
1: Can I get into Che?
0: Let's talk about Che.
1: So, you know, Che is reviled. People (laughs) hate them. Yeah. But I felt in this this episode, when Che does the most cringe thing that's ever been done on television, which is become a lounge singer, Mm self-referencing their own stand-up, making bad jokes while doing that, and then singing a song that we think is for Miranda, but is really just about how Che says, Hollywood called, and I'm making a pilot. And that's when I knew that the writers have known this whole time that Che is trolling us.
0: You couldn't be more right, because we then get, minutes later, Che says the thing that we've all been saying about Che the entire season— I am a narcissist, and says it proudly, and it just all of a sudden feels okay that Che was Che through this whole season because Che is self-aware and the writers were aware. They didn't just write an unlikable, awful character. They knew they were writing an unlikable and awful character.
1: Yeah. Now, does it and work on reality. all levels of – do I, I still don't really buy into the Che Miranda love story. I'm not seeing that chemistry, but – I think Che as a vehicle for Miranda to experience this new leg of her life is working. And Che is like, I mean, that was so funny to me. Like, also to make a pilot. What if the pilot doesn't take off? Che's just like, yeah, I'm leaving, like, bye on a whim. Like, you don't have to move to L.A. You can go there for a little right. to work on your pilot. But to make And you don't Miranda have to come, throw a
0: party To say, I'm going away for a month. Like, every time we go somewhere, like, you're in Florida right now. Did you have a little party before you went? Like, come on. Well, I did. And then
1: I made all my coworkers (laughs) tell me why they they will miss me, Phil.
0: (laughs) And did you sing sing a song to reveal the news? Was that how you did it? Here's the
1: thing. I think Che would have been a lot more enjoyable as a lounge singer. They were great. They were great.
0: Che, played by Sara Ramirez. Sara Ramirez uh, has a Tony.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Oh, yeah. Spam a lot. Sara Ramirez is a phenomenal uh, – or had a career as a, as a Broadway performer prior to Grey's Anatomy.
1: Wow. Okay. So yeah.
0: when when they gave Che the opportunity to sing, I was like, oh, here we go. I kind of wish the song were longer and just different and not that song. But fine. We got we got to hear Sara Ramirez sing, which that made me happy. And yeah. so maybe – Maybe Che should have been a lounge singer instead of a stand-up comedian and just leaned into the uh the actor's actual real life talent.
1: I mean to demand well wishes from your coworkers. I was just like, this character, my God, what an ass cat. Like <laughs> I, I, everyone's like, you're quitting the show. Our careers are over, essentially. And Che's like, Jackie, do you have anything you want to say to me? Like, go fuck yourself, Che. It's <laughs> nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. And to, what is Miranda going to do in L.A.?
0: Nothing. Nothing. I mean,
1: no, she can be allowed on line? set. It makes no sense.
0: Yeah, I didn't really understand. I'm that. I was the like, new is there Roseanne. St-
1: <laughs> sure. Also, was this uh. Che's Cheers, that bar? Like, how come? everyone knew them like
0: <laughs> right and the, this weird like please sit between my two grandmas th- th- there were a lot of things that were just very strange about the whole
1: do you know how pissed my grandma would be if i announced on stage that i'm moving to la without telling her first
0: <laughs> in a loud bar too like please yeah in please, a basement
1: let's... bar with stairs yeah my grandma would be like just where's my je- where's the coat check."
0: Also, here's also the woman I told you about that I love. You're going to finally meet her, but you won't have any time to talk. Please just sit and then watch me perform. Don't talk to her. Uh, She will also be confused about why I'm performing, but please don't talk to her. It's so confusing.
1: I mean, I know I I liked everything that happened because Miranda just looks so stupid, and I think it's, like, it works for the story. (laughs) Well, Cynthia
0: Nixon did so well with it, but yes, yes, yes. She's
1: brilliant, but for Cynthia Nixon, Miranda, to be sitting there, like, in her little white outfit, like, huh, what's happening? Like, she just looks so, like... (laughs) huh, I don't get what's going on. Like, so fish out
0: of water. <laughs> like, But then again, ridiculous. we get another surprise where I thought, okay, clearly Che is leaving and they are leaving Miranda behind and this is going to be the end of this. And another twist, Che's like, well, no, I love you. Of course, you're going to come with me. And then the joy, I mean, I I don't love that it's where Miranda is going, but the joy on her face and the way Cynthia Nixon plays that moment again is just so great. I just... Even though I was like, this is the wrong choice, I felt happy for her in that moment when she was asked. Because I was like, you know, you were expecting the worst and so was I. And then the worst didn't happen. Actually, the opposite happened. And then we got that great I am a narcissist line. So I felt felt good about that.
1: Yeah. I'm glad they said what we were all thinking about them because it just, like, kind of cut the awkwardness. Like, oh – the writers and everyone knows that Che sucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um, I could see Miranda kind of being like Che's momager, you know?
0: That works, Looking yeah. at
1: contracts and stuff. and
0: That's true. Totally.
1: It's going to end horrifically, but yeah. Yeah. We'll see that in season two. I want to talk about Naya because Please. I think she was underutilized. The whole school thing was a little weird. Andre was weird. Like, they were built up as this perfect relationship, and then it just kind of, like, drifted apart by the end. But her performance in that scene when Miranda tells her she's moving to L.A., like, oh, my God. It was incredible how she was holding back her tears, explaining that her marriage was dissolving for a baby they hadn't met ever.
0: So I thought that was such a pretty moment where, I mean, obviously devastating, but pretty moment where she just was so sad that a thing that doesn't exist is destroying a thing that does exist. That was so good. And I, I just... It was so poignant, and it's obviously more complicated than that, but I really just, I loved how she played it. I thought it was really moving. And I also, though, do wish we had just given Naya more. And maybe maybe this is, if there's a season two, we this is now we feel comfortable with characters who can have deeper and mm-hmm. more expansive storylines that are the new characters, but we really only gave Naya this one storyline the entire season. Naya yeah. was professor for about 10 seconds, and then it was like IVF all the way, Which I guess translates into marriage problems, which is maybe a little bit deeper. But we really didn't learn anything else. But I'm glad that Naya got this at least conclusion, this scene, even though it was brief, to kind of sum that up for us and wrap that up for us.
1: And I'm absolutely thrilled that, as we discussed last week, I was a little upset there hadn't been a lot of Judaism. Mm. But this week delivered that tenfold (laughs) –
0: we got a they mitzvah. We
1: got course. a they mitzvah. And it was like such an event. Like, I'm so glad it was an event.
0: Yeah. it. W- I mean, it was a large portion of the episode mm-hmm. and that candy bar. So many things. I loved all of it. I thought it was a, fa- I mean, of course, this is how Charlotte, through a they mitzvah bigger than a wedding. You know, it was massive.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought the um, trans rabbi was brilliant and how they came to the, they realized like, oh, it's not that Rock is non-binary, even though Rock doesn't want to identify as literally anything. Um,
0: right. Even a New Yorker.
1: Right, that was such a funny moment. But it's yeah. that Rock like is just not doing their homework, <laughs> which was right. also very funny. Yeah, I, uh, there was l- just lots of these like subtle twists that really worked,
0: and the twist, which obviously I never saw coming, which is that Charlotte was going to get to step in and have uh, have her own moment I where she gets to become it. a woman. It was it was so perfect, and you, I didn't see it coming until no. the split second before the cutaway to her on that stage, and I was like, a "Stage is it? A stage is it an alter- Where Dar- where does one?" go through the process is, oh on the Bema on the Bema Bema thank you okay Bema
1: and as okay. we say you know back in the day Charlotte I couldn't make it to the service but I heard you did amazing on the Bema and your party is awesome <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I, I yeah. think you've said that before I, I can I can tell
1: oh I've said it you know a few times but it just felt perfect I keep saying that look does rock suck yeah what a brat. <laughs> <laughs> to just, like, say minutes before. Like, at some point, I believe you have to be somewhat gracious and teach your kids graciousness. And they're kind of letting Rock just do whatever they want in the name of, I guess, wokeness or something. But, like, you still have to parent. And, like, how you have a they mitzvah set up for them.
0: Right. And I would be, I would be so mad if... You said okay to all of this, and then waited until this clearly tens of thousands of dollars party is tens happening. Tens of
1: thousand, Phil. We're you in think hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Oh that my God. candy bar.
0: Oh, candy bar! When Miranda put her hand in the candy, I was like, "You guys, I know we're not in COVID world anymore in this show, but you were in COVID world, so please don't put your hand in the candy." But. At least they gave Charlotte that moment where she comes back and she she goes and she talks to LCW and then she comes back and she's like, you know what? No way you mm-hmm. are gonna get up there. I, I, I was glad that they didn't just make Charlotte roll over totally. so that she was able to she was able to stand up for herself as a parent and then find the solution, which was the most Charlotte thing, which was like, actually, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> so good. Yeah, and it I worked. Loved it. it worked because Charlotte had made the choice to convert herself, and so she was never bat mitzvahed. So it it like was a nice gesture to that old storyline. Yeah, and I liked. Look, I hate Charlotte's kids, but I loved the way Lily was looking at Charlotte, like so proud of her mom.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm glad Rock joined them on the beam. I thought that was. Important to have that tableau because they implied for a second that Rock wasn't going to hop up there. And then they did. And they just felt very celebratory of Charlotte, which I thought was very deserving. It made the scene then not about Rock. It made this whole party about Charlotte, which I thought was really satisfying and great.
1: And it satisfied my, like, kind of – I wanted to see what this Jewish family looked like. And that on the Bima – charlotte getting bat mitzvah like that's what it looks like and it was really beautiful
0: well we are coming towards the end of our episode but i do want to talk about briefly we have something coming up uh next week we are having one more episode of uh this podcast where we are going to talk about what dropped this week which is a and just like that documentary so i'm very excited to talk about that and to sum up all of our feelings from the season uh, and i'm sure we'll have a couple more surprises as well But uh, I am excited to talk about this documentary that features a lot of the behind the scenes uh, secrets, which would be great. And of course, you can watch that documentary on HBO Max because it dropped the same day as this episode, the finale.
1: And Phil, I have a couple, you know, and just like that, I'd love to get off my chest.
0: Oh, I cannot wait. Please, let's do it.
1: And just like that, how does Carrie not bring up the post-it note breakup in The Worst Breakup Ever?
0: Oh my God, that's right.
1: Of course it had to be big die. No, it's the post-it no No, Carrie. it's the
0: post-it. Or at least say, and I have a runner-up, which still beats your other two stories. Chase story wasn't even a story. Anyway. Ugh,
1: of course Chase agreed. story wasn't a story. Jerk.
0: And just like that, even in his final appearance, Brady is still a dick.
1: Amen, sister. And just like that, Carrie is clearly haunted by appliances. We have the reading lamp, the stove. What's next? The fridge is going to go running.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And she has that coffee maker disaster in that one episode, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And just like that, I want my ashes stored in a gold Eiffel Tower purse, please.
1: I'll do it for you, Phil. Thanks, Dara. And just like that, theater camp is a hotbed of homophobia. That was a funny line.
0: It was a funny line, but I'm done with Anthony. Oh, okay. And just like that, we're done with Anthony. (laughs) And just like that, I'm done with him. And just like that, Franklin, the podcast host, finally makes sense. Mm. Mystery solved. I mean, and of course, the last thing. And just like that, we got the Samantha closure we've all been dying for.
1: And just like that, they better have ordered Cosmos. Those cocktails better have been Cosmos.
0: Oh, you know they did. Oh, God. Maybe we'll get a flashback of that in, uh, in season two. Dara, this has been so fun. Yes.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening and being along for the ride with us. It's been a oh my true gosh. joy.
0: It and really yeah, has. Yeah, I was
1: annoyed a lot of the time, and Che sucks, <laughs> but it's been, you know, the joy of my life. And next season, I hope there's less children involved, but yeah, I've, I've loved it.
0: Less Che, less children, but we'll talk about all of this next week on our final episode of our In Just Like That podcast. We cannot wait. Thank you again, and goodbye. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Please subscribe, rate, and leave us all those reviews. You can follow us on Instagram at shows or at PureWow. You can follow me at KDara.
0: And you can follow me at the Real TheRealPhilMutz. And help us grow by sharing our podcast with your friends. We'll be back next week.
1: And just like that, a Sex in the City reboot podcast is a PureWow and Gallery Media Group production.